Hey there, everyone. I'm Holly Pennebaker, the host of HCI's Nine to Thrive podcast, back with another episode on a trending talent management topic that you'll want to hear about, especially as we head into a new year. Nine to Thrive is your source for cutting edge industry information to help you better lead your workforce and in turn, better your business. Today, we have Brett Wilson to step in and moderate a discussion. Brett's no stranger to HCI. As Cornerstone On Demand's Director of Thought Leadership and Strategy, he's given his share of presentations. He's a seasoned business operations exec who spent more than 20 years pioneering major business growth strategies and improving business units for the training industry. Today, he's speaking with Julie Hippica, Vice President of Learning Research at Burson Deloitte Consulting. And with that, Brett, I'll leave it to you. Thank you, Holly. And I'd like to welcome everybody uh, joining uh, the podcast. With me today is Julie Hippica, Vice President and Learning Research Leader at Burson Deloitte Consulting. Julie brings 22 years of experience across learning and development, talent management, and professional services. She helps organizations create business impact by connecting learning, talent, and organizational change efforts to organizational goals and strategy. Julie's current research priorities include how organizations are bringing learning into the flow of work, the learning technology landscape, and how learning is impacted by the future of work. Julie, thanks so much for joining us today. It is great to be here, Brett. Terrific. So, Julie, you and I recently co-presented a webinar entitled The Social Enterprise, Are We Ready For It? And we used as the benchmark research the Deloitte Insights Report, Leading the Social Enterprise, Reinvent with a Human Focus. Um, and we were very focused during the webinar on learning, but your research goes well beyond that. And, and I'd like to ask you, Julie, uh, one of the key research findings show that how we currently approach building leaders today really has to change. So help us, describe for us what, what's different about leadership today and why? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think it's easy enough to start with the idea that work has changed so much. And we all see it. We all live it. We all experience it. Um, these days, people are much more likely to be working in teams. Um, they may work for a person or a manager that they aren't physically co-located with. Uh, they might not even work on any actual work with that person. Um, and then for those of us that are in perhaps more of a gig economy type of workforce, um, we may not necessarily have a manager at all, like an entrepreneur. So what we need of leaders has really, really shifted. And yet, for many organizations, we haven't necessarily changed how we identify or develop leaders for the 21st century that we're all in. So organizations are really at a crossroads um, where there's certain things that we may still expect leaders to do that they've always done, like manage operations and make decisions and prioritize things. Um, but there's also a lot more that we need leaders to do that is a little bit harder to put your, your finger on. Um, managing all the complexity and ambiguity that we live with. Um, dealing with just the proliferation of technology being involved in everything. The fact that work itself has really shifted away from repeatable, predictable tasks 
costs and efficiency to being about solving unanticipated problems and um, trying to even anticipate what the next disruption is going to be. And then you layer in even the other factors that are part of the way we work and live now. Um, the customer is in control. The employee has higher expectations because they're a consumer. And being in a global world um, where you know borders maybe don't mean the same thing that they used to mean, we work um, in increasingly global ways, and yet there's so much that we all need to be mindful of. So um, organizations have new leadership needs. Um, 80% of our respondents in this year's trend study said that. And um, only 30% of organizations feel like they're able to meet those changes today. That's interesting. World's getting flatter from a work standpoint. People are busier. That certainly came out in the report. And, you know, given that you've got kind of a dispersion, as you described, where leaders' jobs a bit differently, they still maintain the typical leader roles, but working collaboratively across the globe and maybe on teams where it's not quite the same boss-surf relationship. So that's got to be a change. How do you develop these leaders to that? I don't know if it's a question that any one single organization has truly answered. You know, when we talk to our clients and when we talk to Burson members, a fair amount of it seems to be starting around understanding that there are different expectations and communicating those expectations. And then the second uh, thing that I think we're starting to see is that organizations are looking to increasingly develop their leaders from within. And to do that, they're relying on different things than they used to. So there's a lot of questioning going on right now around whether some of the traditional approaches to leadership development, the traditional approaches to succession are the right thing to do anymore. And organizations are starting to experiment with how can we nurture the capabilities that all people have so that anyone is ready and capable of leading. So whether that means you know, using virtual reality as an opportunity to practice having difficult conversations, which we see a number of organizations starting to um, do with their frontline managers, or to giving people the opportunity to step back from their day-to-day -day work um, and reflect on what they're doing and think about, hey, what can I do differently here? Um, there's a lot of experimentation going on right now, a lot of different ways to approach it. And then um, I think one thing that, that we're still seeing is that organizations are looking to make a lot of different options available for folks to help them think about what leadership is in a different way. So whether it's exposing them to um, you know, ongoing um, professional development uh, in partnership with educational institutions, making um, different types of, of thought leadership and eminence on, um, you know, what makes businesses and organizations and leaders successful, um, you know, putting all that stuff out there for folks to engage with and make choices is, I, th I think, something that has been in place for a while and we continue to see. Oh, uh, that's great, Julie. Let, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, the report zeroes in on several trends and draws conclusions about the future of HR. And, and one of those conclusions is that we are, just as you kind of described, we're amidst a growing battle of priorities, uh, work versus learning, and the ability to find time to learn. Julie, can you tell our listeners uh, what it means, this is in the report, what is learning in the flow of work 
And probably what's more important, if you can include in your answer, what is not? Yes, it's a great question. You know, I think there's a misconception out there that if we take training and chop it up into small two-minute chunks, uh, we are going to help people learn in the flow of work. And, you know, micro-learning is not the answer and in and of itself does not put learning into the flow of work and life. The truth is that we've all always learned in the flow of work. A big part of learning in the flow of work is the opportunity to try new things and experiment and innovate and then be able to think about what you learned from that opportunity and that experience. It's also about giving people what they need to know whether they're being successful. And for many uh, people in roles, that's about performance feedback. That's about the data around the job that you're doing. And um, in, it's also fundamentally about um, appreciating and understanding that we all need to be evolving and adapting all of the time. And, you know, many organizations are still thinking about learning as something that you have people do in a course, in a classroom. And we heard, as I mentioned in the webinar, that you know, 86% of our respondents think that it's really important to reinvent learning. And folks haven't quite figured out how to do it. Um, a big part of our research at Burson over the last six to nine months is to really articulate um, those four ways that organizations can really help their people learn in the flow of work um, and of life. And I guess the other thing that I would, I would add, since I didn't mention the, the fourth practice, is it actually starts with organizations developing a much deeper understanding of the work their people are doing and of the workers themselves. So if you think about this from the lens of even, let's say, leadership and how do we support uh, leaders differently, there's a great connection between the idea of learning in the flow of life and leadership in the 21st century in that organizations need to start by really understanding what do leaders in their organization really do? What is a leader in our organization today? It may not be about the person with the vice president title. It may not be about one to 2% of your people um, that you've identified through some sort of process. It might be about the people who are really the influencers inside your organization, the connectors, the people that help make sure the work gets done. I really like that because I know in my experience here at Cornerstone, we're always encouraging people to get into the mode of continuous learning, but your guidance just now is so important. It's important for leaders to understand and communicate the goals of the organization and understand their people to kind of set that in a position to where people can, with confidence, you know, learn in the flow of life, as you said. You know, one of the interesting things about the report is they had a number of trends, all of them kind of key to learning. But, you know, how are these top trends interrelated? So I see a really nice connection between several of these trends that I would, I would want to highlight. I mean, first of all, uh, one of the reasons why what we expect of leaders has really changed is because work is so much more team-oriented than it used to be. And so we've really looked at how... Um, people need to work together in groups to get things done. Work is really a team sport now. That means that how we lead and who leads is different, leading to the idea that um, 21st century leadership is about the old and the new. 
then we have several other trends that are really about who are your talent and how do you use and manage them um, in ways to support the way work is now. So whether it's leveraging the alternative workforce or taking advantage of the great people already inside your organization and deploying them in a different and a more agile way. The overarching idea underneath all of this is that you know, we as humans, as employees, as workers, have come to expect different things from organizations. You know, we have more trust these days in organizations than we do in government. And so when we talk about the social enterprise, which is um, sort of the overarching idea behind our trends, it's that organizations have a responsibility to more than just um, their shareholders, more than just making a profit. And when organizations do that, when they help employees connect with the meaning in the work, the ways that they're making a difference, um, they'll also be able to uh, retain and keep their most valuable asset, which these days is really your people. That's so interesting. So in addition to you know, preparing for the learning, uh, it's about communicating the reasons why. Why is your role important and what it's all about? I think that's one of my key takeaways too, Julie. Listen, it's, uh, we're, we're kind of out of time for this podcast, but I do want to thank you for uh, taking time with us, Julie. I really appreciate the guidance you put out. So thank you so much for sharing with us. My pleasure. Look forward to the next time. Thanks, Julie. And thank all of you for joining. And a big thank you to both you and Julie for today's discussion. We'll wrap up this episode of Nine to Thrive with a reminder that you can find HCI on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And if you happen to listen on iTunes, please give us a rating so that others can discover the program. For all of us here at HCI, thanks for listening.